0: Today is Wednesday, August 7th, and on today's episode of That's Some we have Division 3 quarterback from Linfield College, a YouTuber that has around 65,000 followers, and he's built it from the ground up. We have Clark Hazlitt, also known as a venture athlete. And we also have a brand new segment. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we're
1: going to be underway here shortly. Please keep the seatbelt fastened as we climb out, we often get turbulent. Flight attendants, please be seated for push.
0: Yes, sir. It is August, which means football is coming back this month. You know how many days? No, well... 18. For college football, I'm the NFL guy. Right. So...
2: 18 it, days, man, until Miami and Florida are going at it.
0: Where is that game again?
2: Orlando. Orlando. Go to Universal. It's gonna be a happening time, man. August is a great month.
0: It's the Magic Kingdom. Magic things are gonna happen, dude. Big time. But bro, I'm so ready. Like we've been in the dog days of summer, and that's honestly why we've had so many interviews. Is because, bro, like what, we, like what we talked, what could we have talked about in the world of sports like the past three weeks?
2: We could have, we could have dove maybe a little bit deeper about America's pastime. We could have gotten the diamond a little bit. Um,
0: we could have, but I'm glad we didn't.
2: I mean, I mean, we're bringing on
0: the MLB trade deadline. Get out of here!
2: <laughs> but see, we're bringing on great folks for the the people to learn about, get to get to hear from, and we got another one today.
0: Exactly. So we have Clark Hazlitt. He is a YouTuber. He's an entrepreneur. He does a bro. He does about it all.
2: He, I mean, the man is a is a jack of all trades. And if y'all don't, you you guys might know him better, like you said in the intro. Adventure Athlete is is his YouTube channel and literally like he's like you know how everyone blogs nowadays but literally he's doing that but he's a college football player. Yeah. And like, he's just vlogging everything and yeah. it's and it's awesome.
0: So, you know, there's a lot of terms out there. There's a dual threat quarterback and I would say that he's a dual threat quarterback. You know, he could film he can film the game and, and he then can he can also it. play. Yeah. So, I'm with that. Boom. But and see he
2: I mean, dude, he does just everything from like Comparing D3 to D1, he does things like what an away game is like.
0: I mean, not even just that. Like, have you seen his last video of, like, him jumping off? He was doing a bungee jump. Yeah. Dude, he, like, truly adventure athlete.
2: He is an entertainer. And, I mean, clearly people, I mean, agree with him because he's got 65,000 subscribers on YouTube.
0: No, exactly. But, you know, he's an adventure athlete. Keyword, athlete, because not only does he play quarterback, but he's a boxer, too, because he scores it up with NCAA.
2: Yeah, he does. And... So we talked about that a little bit in the interview. Um, opinions get very interesting. It's an interesting conversation, and I know you and I have talked about it before. But it's interesting to get to know his his side of things. Yeah,
0: because it, he definitely brings a new, fresh perspective on things. Because I mean, we can talk about like, yo, what it would be like if we had a YouTube page and we had so many thousand followers. The followers he actually does right, and so like he knows the the hustle. He knows the game. And so it was awesome getting to talk to him about that. See the behind the scenes of like, bro, there's stuff about YouTube and social media, stuff that like I had no idea about.
2: And see like when, yeah, we don't know the YouTube avenue, but when can you start making money? Like I'm sure he could.
0: Give a tutorial, like a rundown case on it.
2: Right. With 65,000 subscribers, like he's got to be ready to monetize.
0: Exactly. But I mean, like just going back to the NCAA thing, like that is one of the hottest topics in all of sports. Like do it is. you pay for play? Right. And we get into that.
2: It's just so sticky, man. It's so sticky when you break it down. Like, who gets paid? I mean, are you going to leave out women's basketball? Are you going to leave out men's track? Like, there's just so many different layers to it. It's it's like a stinky onion.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say it's like not putting on pre-wrap and then getting tape on it and yeah. you have to rip it off. Exactly. Kind of sticky, kind of hurts.
2: Good athletic analogy. I exactly. like it. But, dude, like, there's just so many, there's so many things to that, and I, I do think something needs to change. These kids put in thirty hours a week sometimes, and yeah, they get free school. And it's
0: almost like indentured servitude.
2: It's uh, it. Just ask yourself the question: Is it still student athlete?
0: No, it's athlete student.
2: Right. And I mean, the NCAA makes guap.
0: Do you think that Clemson actually cares about Trevor Lawrence's GPA? No, no, they care about how many touchdowns he's going to throw that year. Or you think that he they care about like what he made on his last quiz?
2: No, no, not at all. Yeah, they don't care that he misplaced a a comma or a semicolon in comp two. Like, no, they could give a rats about that.
0: Now Dabo might, because you know it's all about the little details,
2: right? And bring your own bring your own commas, as he would say, probably for comp two. But no, man, it's a it's a sticky conversation. I'm interested to like what the listeners think about that topic too, because I think that's every that's that's a topic that everybody has an opinion on. But we definitely got to know Clark's opinion on it. And, I mean, the listeners are going to hear it. They're going to hear what, like, an actual athlete at this, you know, point in time for the NCAA, what what he has to say.
0: And one of the things I was interested in was, you know, he's only going to be a quarterback for so long. You know, like, how, where is he going with this? And it was kind of fun getting to talk to him and just see where his vision is for it. And, it, like, beyond the YouTube, he's doing so much, too. Like, he has, a like, a side business right now. And we also talk. What else did we talk about? Burgers.
2: We talked about Sneakers? Nancy Joe's in McMinnville, Oregon. If hotbed, any of what's the uh? You know how like Oklahoma's the Sooner State. What's Oregon's? Do you know?
0: No. They're the Beaver State.
2: The Beaver State. Okay. So yeah, any of you um, people listening in the Beaver State, I I I trust Clark when he says Nancy Joe slaps, but I mean since you and I haven't had a taste, like we can't confirm.
0: No, and if he's leading us down a trail, I hope it's the Oregon Trail.
2: Mm-hmm. And then we get to find out that he gives his opinion, so of course we talk some shoes.
0: Brock, are you ready for this?
2: We talk kicks, and we can we can kick it off to him, man.
0: All right, nice segue. All right, guys, here he is, Clark Hazlitt. Quarterbacks in the sport of football are natural born leaders. They have to balance multiple personalities, schemes, and ideas, all while having 11 guys try to attack you every single play. Now, imagine being a college football quarterback, running a YouTube account, being an entrepreneur, and all while balancing life and school. Thankfully, on today's show, we have one guy that can do it all. Today, we welcome on a quarterback, YouTuber, entrepreneur, and overall renaissance man, Clark Hazlitt. Clark, how you doing, man? Good, brother. Thank you so much,
1: Brock and Sam, for having me
0: on.
2: Yo, the adventure athlete on the show, man. Yeah, we, had to,
0: we had to make sure we got that in there. Let's adventure go. Adventure athlete. Well, let's just start it off. I mean, you're a college football quarterback, and simple question off the board, what's your favorite part of college football?
1: Yeah, when I think about it, it really has to do with all the the behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of other people don't get a chance to see, whether that's just goofing around in the locker room, dancing with my buddies, or, uh, you know, kind of has to do with a little bit of the road game experience, uh, the laughs, man. I mean, it's just so much fun getting a chance to travel, and at the D3 level, we don't get a chance to fly that much, so when we do, it's a blessing, and the whole team gets a chance to take advantage of it. Uh, And it's super cool because usually every time we get a chance to travel on a road game that's, you know, far away or out of the state of Oregon, we always get a chance to do something pretty cool. So in regard to my my most viewed uh, YouTube video, which is uh, what's a college football player away game. That
2: away game. Yep.
1: Yeah. We went all the way out to Carroll college in Montana and uh, our uh, Linfield college, we have a a good tradition of being a, a blue collar program. And uh, my coach decides to pull over on the side of the road. And there's this beautiful little Montana uh, estuary is not the right word, but that's what I'm going to call it, River Pond. And uh, the whole team got a chance to jump in, and, and we all got a chance to have a good time. And uh, definitely when it comes to, to answering your question, getting a chance to be with the brothers and, and just do the, the extracurricular activities while also then being able to dial in and focus on you know, the actual game at hand. Um, but always just kind of having that balance of, at the root of it, you know, we're all just kids in in older bodies, and playing ball is just like when we first started. So,
2: okay, so since we're on the topic, Clark, you you brought up the the video. I think that a ton of people have seen. What I mean, why like Linfield seems to make road trips so fun. Like I remember from like our personal experiences. I don't
0: like, remember jumping in a waterfall. Yeah on a road trip or going that looks to incredible.
2: an arcade like y'all do an a1 out there
1: yeah you know i think i think it's, it's when the camera's rolling things get spiced up a little bit uh early on when i started making youtube videos my teammates were kind of like what the heck is going on here um but over time they've kind of grown grown uh just on in terms of like having a, a camera around and uh you know i guess a lot of the behind the scenes that y'all maybe don't see I mean, I guess you guys didn't get a chance to experience any types of <laughs> pulling over on the side of the road and jumping in a river, but, uh, nope. you know, those are just little things, you know, I'll go into the arcade. That's just something I wouldn't normally document, but since I just happened to be vlogging that whole time, uh, or just, you know, just really value the little things that might not be really that exciting in terms of like a college p- travel trip. But, uh, yeah, when a camera's rolling, brother, you, you never know what you can capture. And that's something that I kind of live by and love about just making videos, um, because exactly, for example, pulling over on the side of the road and jumping in the river, you know, if I didn't have my camera rolling or if I wasn't in that mindset of, oh, I'm going to document this, it would have never been caught on tape. And looking back probably five years from now, I'll probably forget that we even did that, but because I was able to document it, I'll be able to get a chance to remember that. So for anyone that's listening, that's, that's in high school or that's, uh, you know, going to be playing college ball or just getting a chance to document your experiences is, is probably the, the best thing that I would, uh, kind of give advice for people. Uh, only because, one, you'll be able to look back on those memories and you remember, you forget the little things like that. And, uh, yeah, so when it comes to Linfield, we do do things a little different around here, but it's also it's also interesting how, uh, you know, we've got a lot of comedians on the team, and I think everyone kind of attests to that. You always got those dudes on a football team that are the funny ones, and I always try to do my best to, to capture those guys on camera. Yeah,
0: you mentioned your teammates and how funny they are, but, like, how how have they been in supportive of you like with this channel at first where they're like, just like, dude, what? But now they slowly started to come around and like, bro, this is actually kind of cool.
1: It was, it was the hardest thing in the beginning, you know, living in McMinnville population is 32,000. I kind of really started off on my own with this whole video venture thing. And, you know, two years ago, YouTube wasn't where it is now in terms of like, okay, people kind of understand what it is and, it really took a lot of being comfortable in uncomfortable situations, making, you know, just having my camera around and talking to it, you know, I'm I'm whispering Mm -hmm. to the camera, all right, guys, we're here in the locker room. And then getting guys, like, you know, catching guys out of my side, eye, just staring at me like, who the hell is this kid? Uh, But now that, you know, I guess you could say, I have a little bit more validation from my audience and and people are seeing like, okay, Clark's not just messing around with the camera. Like I actually have a a long-term vision so, uh, so now it's, you know, my teammates, they, they're, they love the camera, you know, it's, it's cool seeing guys that were so shy in the beginning of the season, you know, towards the end, just really being able to, to let loose. And, uh, you know, we did a, we did a couple wild things like, you know, on, on Halloween, I dressed up as a football player, Tim Tebow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Went to IHOP with a couple of my buddies who are from Hawaii and, you know, they hadn't made a, a YouTube video before, or let alone put on a helmet and go to a, you know, I hop to eat some, some breakfast. So <laughs> it's been fun to really just kind of get a chance to see the other side of my teammates. Cause you really get to know people real quick when you're, when you're making videos and um, people are able to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Uh, so this, yeah. So this year it's going to be interesting. I think my teammates, you know, the, the ones that really love the camera are unfortunately not going to be there anymore. So uh, that's also gonna be a little different
2: like Clark with you, I can definitely see people drawing the, like the comparisons with Donald who was the UCF kicker, uh, his YouTube channel. And I mean, since Sam and I have talked about this topic before, but I guess what I want to know is what exactly are your thoughts on college athletes making money, like on their own, like likeness and image?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a real gray area. I got a chance to study the NCAA, um, one of my classes, which was called intercollegiate sports. And, uh, basically you read this book that analyzed, you know, all the gray areas that the NCAA um, essentially has and the different loopholes. And when it comes to making money, it talked about how football at the Division One level and b- football and basketball players are on average, each player brings in about $133,000 for this university. And when you weigh into the fact that they're only getting about a $30,000 scholarship, which then can uh, – Easily, just be you know dispersed throughout the university, where they're not essentially losing money. Uh, it brings the you know, the real question to the table: Are they actually you know being valued for what they're they're bringing instead of just earning a scholarship? You know, student athletes obviously bring in a lot more to the university, and at all different levels it's super interesting because there's a lot of things that we don't know about we don't know that division one players get a certain stipend that's you know potentially $4, mm-hmm. to two thousand dollars a semester sometimes even a quarter uh but when it comes specifically to the division three level uh that's where things get real different because i'm i'm not on scholarship at all i've got some academic scholarships thankfully but i'm essentially paying to play ball and Right now, I'm not, you know, allowed to be making money off my name, image, and likeness, which specifically at the Division Three level, I think, you know, I don't think that's right. I think it is it is kind of a, a human's rights issue, and, uh, you know, it's definitely something that I, I see that, you know, lawmakers are starting to, to make strides to, to change things up a little bit, because being able to make money off your name, image, and likeness brings a lot of value to student athletes as well as even more value to the colleges and universities if they're able to help educate athletes on how to start their own personal brands the right way as well as shine light on the awesome opportunities that they have at their university you know the school could easily get a chance to leverage that but then there are also all the opportunities of where you know student athletes could definitely you know take advantage of of different loopholes in terms of making money off their name image and likeness so i definitely think things need to change and YouTube is definitely a, a great platform that can be controlled, that can allow student-athletes to, one, learn how to build a brand, two, get better at their public speaking abilities. And then once their window of influence, which is, you know, when you're an athlete, once, once I graduate, if I didn't have my YouTube channel, I'm, I'm death, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. But because I've been able to leverage the little bit of influence I've had, even as just a backup quarterback, I'm not going to be able to stay close to the game I love and, you know, pot- potentially pursue a career in sports and, uh, you know, have my personal brand as a little bit of leverage. So that in and of itself, you know, there's a lot of learning opportunities um, that student athletes would be able to to gain as well as, you know, being able to make money off their own image and likeness is, is something that's definitely needs to happen because, you know, you don't know also about all the kids that are trying to just survive and get by with, with here and there money to try to get a meal here and there. So I think the NCAA definitely – it's kind of in a tough spot because once they change that rule as well, you know, I get you guys can attest to this, and things are going to get weird. And uh yeah, you know, I honestly could see the NCAA kind of diluting in the next five, five to ten years, and having small semi-pro leagues actually become a thing, and and college sports being separate from the universities. But time will only tell, you know.
0: No, it's really interesting to see like what you're talking about where it goes because. And honestly, like I agree with you because the, what's the whole point of going to college is to better prepare yourself for your future. If that is, you know, if you can be creative enough to make a YouTube account and um, create content that people want to watch and you can make, you know, make money off of it, then that's on like that's on you. So I, I'm definitely on that.
1: that ride Right. With and I you. think the, the biggest thing that I forgot to mention is that we need more role models in this world for young kids that are growing up in this new generation and the student athletes are the perfect people, the ones that are able to leverage themselves correctly and be a role model for student athletes. I mean, just imagine if each college university, each school program had at least five kids from each sport that is, is being an advocate for just doing things the right way and being an inspiration for youth out there how much of a difference that would be in kids. But I mean, cause right now there's only about three football YouTubers right now. It's really only me and Donald. I'm the, I'm really the only college active YouTuber. We got, you know, Kirgo Johnson down from Texas, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart at USC. Um, but you know, they're D one guys, so they don't, they don't got a lot of time to be able to produce content. So the whole, the whole student athlete aspect of being a YouTuber is slowly growing. Uh, you know, there's a girl, Shea Gonzalez from BYU who, plays basketball um, I believe there's another girl from USC uh, Kitty DeFeo does lacrosse so it's starting to slowly happen where the student athlete uh, I guess you could say group mm-hmm. of youtubers are starting to you know be immersed and be out there and to be that those role models for those young kids but other than that you know it's it's very small small group of people watch I think it's crazy yeah there's and it, so it goes
0: it, it goes beyond football and it goes beyond just basketball like there's a ton of other sports out there where if there's a YouTuber for for swimming and for golf, I mean like just that way so that kids could have like what you said a role model, somebody to look up to, like that would be incredible.
2: But like, see, right? what is what's the solution? Because I think we all can agree that
0: there's a problem.
2: There's a problem. It's not stu- it's not student athlete first like it's athlete student, like, cause like, what, what do you, I mean, it's 20, 25 hours a week. That's like a part-time job.
0: Yeah. Even, even in the division three level, it's still majority athlete than student too.
2: Right. And that's without all the flash from the D one like facilities gear. I mean the stipend thing. So like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's, what's the solution? Is it, I mean, is it a stipend? Is it cash in hand? Is it a lump sum of money after you graduate or, you know, go to the Honestly, what I
1: think, what I think it is, is it's going to take, You know, student athletes developing a union and having people that have influence to demand a change to then actually have lawmakers and the NCAA sit down and then put together a plan, but also getting input from you know big athletes that have also been through the whole the system. Um, You know, I mean, you hear LeBron James and uh, Richard Sherman talking about how the NCAA is messed up. It's going to take help from those people to really also help with lawmakers to actually get something kind of put in place. This is what I think it is. And it's going to take a rebellion. Honestly, you know, football players not playing because they're not getting paid.
0: It's no, like I mean like going
1: on strike. It's that's, that's the only way it's really going to happen to be honest. I think
0: no. Nah, Cause I remember last year, I mean, I think there was rumors around the NCAA tournament of like, what if, what if the players just like, just didn't play or if they just didn't show up? Like, yeah, that's and what because I'm that's like the NCAA's like biggest cash cow out of the whole entire year. And so like, right. what if the players just all came together and said, no, we want to f- we want something solved. So in terms of YouTube, what's the hardest hurdle that you've had to overcome? Like from the beginning, like it's very hard to start something right off the ground as you can tell, like what we're, what we're doing right now. Is it getting creative with content? Is it consistently uploading? What's the one thing that kind of at the beginning held you back sometimes?
1: I think the biggest thing is credibility. Because everyone and their mother could start a YouTube channel tomorrow. But you really got to earn the trust from your audience. And when I first started making videos, you know, it wasn't all about football. And then I found my niche in football. And then, I mean, there's just so much more to it. Like, for example, this morning I was replying to all the comments, uh, not only on YouTube, but on Instagram. And it's actually building a relationship with these people that are interacting with you. Uh, That was the toughest thing to even develop in the beginning because I didn't I didn't have, you know, it took me a while to develop a following, but I was reaching out to a lot of people to, you know, see if they were interested in the content that I was offering. So it's, it's first being credible and showing that the content that I'm putting out is is one bringing value and it's authentic and true. Like it's honest stuff. It's not, you know, fake clickbait type videos. And then it's interesting how the whole subscriber system works. Subscribers mean nothing besides that's like your validation. That's mm-hmm. are you are you good? Or are you not? And once I hit ten thousand subscribers, once I first hit a thousand subscribers, excuse me, that's when people are like, okay, he's he can do something with it. Once I hit ten thousand, which was last fall, right before the football season, when people were to look at my channel, they they would know right off the bat, okay, he's credible, all based off a number. Right. So really, to answer the question, it it pertains to having subscribers. But in order to get those subscribers, I had to show that I'm credible with my content, my consistency, my authenticity, which is the biggest part. And then also just taking the time to reach out to people. And if you're able to consistently do, I think I was all those four things that I mentioned, you'll start to grow. And it's long term stuff like this is all a process you know, I, I, got lucky that my video started to pop off last fall and I'm, I'm where I'm at now. Um, but I never would have thought I'd be at where I'm at now. I, I just kind of tried to just put my head down and, and continue to trust the process and fall in love with the process more than anything. Um, because everyone wants to be viral. Everyone wants to be famous. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, the, the question I asked myself is, would I rather be famous or would I rather leave an impact on people? Mm-hmm. And, and being, and being able to leave an impact is just going to be so much more fulfilling, and dr- it drives me to wake up every morning versus, you know, just being a one-hit wonder, try to get famous and, and make money and not have any meaning behind it. So, ultimately, it's just, like I said, being credible. You know, right now, YouTube's now becoming so diluted and saturated with day in the life of a, of a, you know, soccer player, blah, blah, blah. All these student-athletes now are trying to hop on this train, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it's like, you know, I wish I could sit down and tell them all, like, okay, don't all do the same thing like be you don't don't try to copy someone else because you know i see people i don't want to say copy but you know it's just people aren't original anymore now it's it's easy to imitate the biggest thing yeah exactly exactly and there's nothing wrong with you know taking someone's idea and making it your own but when you make it exactly the same it's like okay um someone can find that content anywhere else (laughs) so yeah definitely hitting the ten thousand subscribers you know, like I said, it's just a number that means nothing. But that was like the the toughest thing to do. But once I once I was able to hit that, as well as I had all the other intangibles needed to be successful on YouTube, that was when I was able to see, you know, me kind of get over the hump.
2: So, Clark, you've talked about you getting to 10,000. We know we know you're a guy and that's going to keep going and we love your channel. How much is it going to mean to you when you get that silver play button for 100,000 subscribers? What's that what's that going to mean to you?
1: It's that's what's so interesting, because I really don't like how the YouTube system works where like that, that that's essentially it is what's driving me right now. But I think besides the play button, besides it's cool, um, it's going to just allow me to potentially be a little bit more um, comfortable in terms of, you know, when my playing days are over in college to have a sustainable income with YouTube where I could really put a lot more time and effort into it, even though I'm already putting a lot in. So the, the play button itself is going to be just a, a, a great accomplishment. It's going to put it, you know, in the trophy case and everything else where it's just going to sit. But, you know, once I hit the 10,000 subscribers, it's going to be great just to know that, you know, I could actually make a living trying to do what I'm doing. So, yeah, that's definitely something I'm I'm, I'm chasing right now. But everything, everything happens in time. So uh, when that time comes, I, I can't wait, though. No lie.
0: What okay, so you've done quite a bit of collabs with a whole bunch of different players from different sports and different levels. Who is the one person or player that you would love to do a collab with, like Dream World? Like I'm picking him or her. Oh,
1: I definitely would have to go with Baker Mayfield.
2: I knew you're gonna say Baker Mayfield. You oh my oh, god, because your video, that Baker recent Mayfield video,
1: and I would be, we'd be best friends, bro. I, did- I swear.
2: Clark, did you just see his video of him shotgunning a beer at the uh, Indians game?
1: Oh, my gosh. I think I did, actually. Yeah. I was on Twitter, huh?
2: Man, Dude.
0: He had the mustache. He had the jerk. Like, he he sipped on one, and he chucked the other one aside. He's like, give me a new one. He rips it open with his teeth and then just shotguns he's, that.
1: He's a dude. He's a dude. I swear, like I said, him and I would be best friends. And, uh, I, you know, Baker and I, we will be good friends one of these days. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. He's, Speaking he's, into he's existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a dude. I like him a lot. See, I thought you
0: were and gonna
1: say know, Brady. Oh, see, you know Tom, he he just wouldn't be entertaining. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah.
2: Tom wouldn't have done that at the Indians yeah. game.
1: No, he probably no. Would have just Tom pulled out his uh,
0: vegan, you know, kombucha. Yeah, this goes against shake. the TB12 method. Yeah, exactly. Right,
1: right. Yeah, his
2: kombucha. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so but, yeah,
1: I know I know Baker has a bad rep, but no, he's a dude. I like that. He I, I like the edginess too.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I like just like. How he's got a personality. That's coming from a pope too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's
1: not this corporate quarterback. That's what I don't like.
2: Right. Like, yeah. I mean, take the take the mask off and and do you, no matter what that means. Um, See,
1: and that's what's crazy. I don't get why these NFL dudes don't have YouTube channels on the side. Real? Why? I mean, because they have enough
0: money where they can hire a team where literally they just they just they just create content for them, or like they can hire an editor, create like have a videographer film stuff for them. They just had
1: to be the center of the show.
2: That's a great point. Right? And, I've never and, thought and, about why no NFL player does that.
1: Now, now you see Russell Wilson's hopping on cam Newton, OBJ. They all just started their channels. Um, so it's just now starting to be trendy, which is interesting.
2: Well, getting back to a more serious, uh, conversation from Baker Mayfield and whatnot. Um, Clark with the, um, with gridiron glove, man, talk to me about just kind of like the, the origin story behind gridiron glove.
1: Yeah, so uh, this past year, so it was in October, um, my school, I had the opportunity to participate in this, what's called Invent Oregon. And they reached out to everybody and asked if anyone had any ideas on inventions to create. And, uh, you know, I always had this one idea. uh, Starting back when I was growing up, I was, you know, 13, transitioning into high school. And, uh, you know, the the size of the football changes a little bit from Pop Warner to, to the high school ball. So my dad and I, we'd always play catch in the backyard. and That was like our favorite thing to do. And as I started to get bigger and stronger, my dad became reluctant to want to play catch because I'm, you know, as a quarterback, I'm just rifling these balls at him, right? Yeah, heat. We tried using wide receiver gloves, lineman gloves, uh, kitchen mittens, and none of them were really solving the problem of the pain and discomfort that he was experiencing. So like I was saying, this past October, I, I pitched this idea for what I call the gridiron glove, which basically bridges a gap between the difficulty and discomfort involved in catching a football and the whole business department at Linfield was on was just loved the idea so I then entered into this competition uh, I got some funding and uh, I was able to to meet a mentor who was the former director of design and development at Nike for 30 years and he just happens to live down the street from me which is incredible so I got a chance to to work with him for about About three months and just picked his brains and it's been crazy just getting a chance to learn from his experiences and his mistakes and since then seven months in uh my team and i we've developed three prototypes and uh right now we're raising money by selling merchandise to uh hopefully pilot launch actually we will pilot launch this upcoming fall and uh yeah so basically in the long-term goal is you know this this gridiron glove if you think of um just to give you guys a little reference uh potentially it could look like a a fishing net type style glove it might be on one hand but there's different uh design aspects that allow like when a ball hits you know the rounded edge of the glove it's able to act as a funnel to guide Arian throws into the pocket of the glove um i I, i'm patent pending right now so i'm still trying to keep like the actual design aspect on the low oh shoot so, yeah, so my goal is now uh, this upcoming fall, like I said, a pilot launch. And where I really see this glove coming into use is, you know, when you think about when you break into individual drills before practice, you got the quarterback coach warming up the quarterbacks. If you have an odd number, a GA is usually playing catch with the quarterback or he's playing catch with the actual quarterback coach who hates catching because he's throwing the ball about 45 miles per hour on average. Then you got the receiver's coach that's actually throwing the balls to the receivers so they can warm up their hands and he's got to catch a ball coming back or have someone catch for him the glove would basically not require a coach to have another person catching for him. And you think about the linebacker coach that already can't catch. Shout out to all the linebackers. <laughs> I don't know if y'all played linebacker, or not, but, uh, you know, he won't look like, you know, football's a tough sport. So he won't look like a baby wearing the gridiron glove. Cause it's going to be a normalized product hopefully after a year. So, uh, the goal is to, to get it normalized in the college level. And, and I got some connections in regard to the pro level. And then, uh, you know, people might look at it and be like, What the heck is a glove doing on, on a field? But it's it's an innovative technology and uh, there's a lot of other aspects that are really cool that are that I'm looking into. But at the end of the day, that's just the football market. When it comes to leisure and, you know, the family aspect, you can give your mom this glove and you can play catch and rifle a ball at her at forty five miles per hour.
2: Or your girlfriend, you like it.
1: yeah. Your my I tested it with my grandma and, Did you really? <laughs> she's eighty one years old. Yeah. Dang. And uh so that, that's, that's what's really cool is it's not only going to just – it's going to foster the passion for the sport of football and uh, keep families together. And you guys never – I mean, once actually – once the glove comes out, I'll, I'll send you guys one. And uh, when you're out in Oklahoma just playing catch, instead of grabbing your baseball glove and your baseball, you'll grab your gridiron glove and the football. Dude, and, perfect. Uh, go tailgate before a Oklahoma State game or something.
2: Oh, tailgating. It would be perfect for tailgating.
1: Bridget, Absolutely. You have no idea.
0: Oh, that would be, there's that'd so be a lot of them. fun because I mean people yeah. are going to be already intoxicated. So that's going to help them catch it. Exactly, so, dude. Boom. Right. Another right. market you, for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So we, you were just talking about what we do in what we could do in Oklahoma. But what are some of the fun things that you find yourself doing in McMinnville? Because it seems like it's just a booming town.
1: <laughs> oh, man, it is a far from a booming town. <laughs> that's where i you know it's crazy i've been able to grow my channel to where it's at now yeah Uh, but it's like a small town that when people see me with their camera now that you know they know me
2: just an Oregon celeb now huh yeah
1: i I wouldn't say celeb i'm uh (laughs) i'm 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 getting there well known in the community it is yeah 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 uh obviously i don't get any perks yet but uh, (laughs) once i'm done playing hopefully uh i live right next to a burger joint okay and they have a the best burgers i don't know if you guys like burgers a lot. oh absolutely that's what's a- the name it's called nancy joe's are you looking oh, it up right now
2: no i just i was hoping that we might have one close no but- they're,
1: they're like a they're a better five guys and they're bigger and they're cheaper
0: okay so is it, just a reg- is, it, is it just a regular burger they don't have any like special add-ons that make it like amazing
1: it's it's the quality of beef
0: okay <laughs> I, forget, I forget what it's called. <laughs> let's go
1: but like it's it's quality beef it's not frozen it's only it's like, an Oregon thing? It, yeah, I think so. I think so. Dang. But like I said it's right down the street. So when I walk out of my apartment I smell it every day. So I'm hoping they can sponsor me when I'm not an athlete and you know I can help put on for Nancy Joes cuz I mean they're they're expensive burgers but they're they're well worth the money. So but yeah, when it goes it comes back to McMinnville, uh it's a it's a small it's a small nothing to do town, but you can always find something to do in a nothing to do town. Mm-hmm. And that's why making videos is so there's so many other benefits to it because it forces you to go out and to have some fun and then nothing to do town and, uh, be creative. People say, yeah, exactly. When there's a small town and there's nothing to do, there's always something you can find to do. And I'm also lucky that Portland's right up the street. So, um, every now and then I'll go up there, but I I like to say local, but definitely I'm trying to get out of McMinnville here soon. (laughs) So
2: speaking of exclusive things in Oregon, like Nancy Joe's. um, I mean, dude, you're up there in Nike land and, clark with everyone that we have on we like to do a top three game and we we kind of know you're i mean with the backdrop with the videos we know like you dabble in some some sneakers we know you're a big shoe guy so in and, and clark has its opinion in adventure athletes opinion what is the top three favorite kicks to rock when we're out in McMinnville going to nancy joe's or whatever
0: are you loyal to oh. the swoosh are you about the jump in jump man
1: you're a three-stripe guy like what are you about I'm I'm really bouncing all around right now. Uh, my top favorite shoe that I actually don't have yet is the off-white Jordan UNC Jordan One. Ooh, mm. it's very rare. I uh, just love the the blue and white color colorway contrast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it probably goes for about two thousand dollars right now. So that that would have to be my favorite shoe. But I, what I'm really into right now is the Chelsea boots. You guys, you guys know what Chelsea boots are?
2: Chelsea Chelsea boots.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they're they're Clark's Chelsea boots.
2: They are they like the uh, are they leather? Yeah. Okay, I think yeah, I think I know what you're talking about.
1: So if you're asking me what I'm gonna rock to Nancy Joe's, it's gonna be a Clark Chelsea boot. <laughs> of, you know, fit in with the culture around here. No, if keep... I'm bopping around and I'm going up to Nike, uh what I'm what I'm really liking right now is uh the Jordan Retro three and it's in the uh cement black colorway. Okay. Um, it just matches really well with kind of any outfit that you throw on. Uh, but they're a little bulky. All Jordans are a little bit bulky. And then when it comes to just more of like a casual wear that's you know, with like an athletic outfit, uh, the Nike VaporMax and kind of like the, the all white silver white colorway, uh, is definitely a, a go-to for me. Cause you can just slip them on and they're, they're nice and comfortable. And, uh, if I were to give you one more shoe that I'm really liking right now, Man, without saying good old flip flops because I've really not <laughs> been wearing sneakers too much.
2: Some Nike slides, <laughs> you, probably. You
1: wear the slides or the flip flops during fall camp? Yeah, honestly, like I because I worked at Nike my freshman and sophomore year, and that's when I got the shoe pile up. And since then, you know, I'm really just trying to go with the flip flops or or the boot look. Okay. Um, and trying to downsize my my sneaker collection and get kind of more rare sneakers. Uh, but you can't go wrong with i just i don't like stunning my sneakers anymore i actually really like sneakers because of the the art and the design behind them i used to like really really be into sneakers so you know when people flex with their you know yeezy boost 350s honestly they're the most comfortable shoe you ever wear so i hate how they have like the the clout rich boy vibe yeah yeah and people don't know your hustle. Like people don't know all of my sneakers I got on a Nike discount when I worked there. Oh. Or I was able to hustle and resell for other pairs. And honestly, reselling sneakers my sophomore year of college is how I was able to afford a drone, which is then when I started getting into videography and I was able to make money on the side doing real estate with the drone. To then I was able to start to afford other things that were able to actually really help my YouTube channel grow. So at the root of everything that I've done, it all comes from selling sneakers. And uh, like I said, you can look at someone and think, wow, you're a rich dude, but they don't see the never hustle know, behind it. Yeah, you never know someone's hustle. And I think that's the coolest thing. Plus, the biggest thing about sneakers is you can always connect with people on a, on a personal level. You can. Talking about sneakers. And uh, yeah, like I said, recently I've been just rocking Chelsea Boots. The, the Clark's brand, that's what they're called. I went into Clark's and asked if I could get a discount because my name was Clark, and they said no, so I was a little <laughs> butthurt about that. That's
2: that. Uh, that's not right. You should have got it.
1: Right, man. So the Chelsea boots are what I've been rocking right now because they're just a nice, easy slip-on. Um, plus, I don't know, I'm just in like this boot phase. And then flip-flops are my go-tos right now.
0: Well, Clark, we appreciate you for taking some time to sit down and talk with us about everything today. Guys, you guys really need to follow this guy on everything. His tag is Adventure Athlete. He's on YouTube, Instagram, which apparently he's not that huge in Instagram, but he's on there. <laughs> he's got Twitter, Spotify, Twitter, basically anything that's out there. Um, and I think your Snapchat is Adventure Elite,
1: correct? Adventure Elite. Yeah, Adventure I couldn't make it the full name. Yeah. Okay.
0: But yeah, anyways, man, thank you for coming and taking some time to talk to us today, man.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, guys. It'd be great to come back on mid-season this fall and uh, get a chance to update y'all on some things that are going to be going on. So, uh, Dude, absolutely. Yeah. And thanks again. Appreciate it, fellas.
2: So there you have it, man. So, I mean, you've got a guy that is calling for change. He knows, he knows what goes in the grind of being a student athlete. Well, athlete student. Sorry, let me exactly. correct myself. There we go. But it's interesting to hear like Clark talking about, like, it's going to take a player strike to, you know, it inevitably get something done.
0: And he's one of the few YouTube channels that like, I enjoy watching. Like, we go back and we watch some of those videos and he's gotten better every single week. And it's gotten more and more interesting. And I think that's just a credit to him of how he keeps his content growing.
2: And at that at that point, he's just an awesome dude. Like he, he said he's that he, he takes time to like almost respond to everybody yeah. on like DMing and stuff. And I mean, that may or may not be how we got him on the show. But yeah, dude, that's that stuff's dying. Because people are getting big heads nowadays, but not adventure athlete.
0: Bro, I don't know about you, but I want to go snag some burgers with this dude. Nancy Joe's. Yes.
2: Yeah, we might. Yeah. Might, might to need down to take and, a trip to. Well, the yeah, state. McMinnville.
0: We yeah. might have to take a trip up there.
2: Yeah, but what did you think about his uh, his take on the NCAA paying athletes and things?
0: No, I think it was really interesting because he brings like what we talked about earlier. He d- brings this awesome perspective of how he's seen the backside of the NCAA and how corrupt they are and how they've screwed a lot of people out. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but they have helped a lot of folks. They have helped a lot of people get from point A to point B, but for the most part, they're making billions and billions of dollars on the backs of indentured servants, essentially, which are the the athlete students.
2: Yeah, I love the stat that they threw out that almost every basketball and football player bringing about a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in revenue. Hundred thirty-three. Yeah, for their for their schools, that's a lot of dough, and. That's a little more than just tuition and, and books and things.
0: Yeah, that's not just your average like chemistry student.
2: Yeah. We're talking more than paying for, for Chem2 Lab. Exactly. But awesome dude. So thankful that Adventure Athlete came on. That's some BS. Great dude. Just like we heard in the interview. We hope to get him on during season, see what the uh, Linfield Wildcats are up to.
0: Dude, they're okay. Okay, so a lot of you guys out there might think, oh, it's just D three. Linfield College is one of the premier programs in all of Division three They are competing every single year. They're a powerhouse in the West.
2: They're usually in the playoffs, right? No,
0: they're usually almost in the quarterfinals, like semifinals every year.
2: They they play St. Thomas.
0: Ooh, the Tommies?
2: Yeah, who the minute they got kicked out of the, the yeah. Minnesota thing. We That's talked awesome. about them earlier this year. Yeah, we're gonna need to definitely check in with Clark midseason, see how it's going.
0: But anyways, we transition into a new segment that we have called BS Relationship Advice.
2: Boom. You guys wanted it. Here it is.
0: Here it is, guys. We sent out a poll on our Instagram. If you guys don't follow that, you guys need to follow it. It's that's underscore some BS podcast. But anyways, we put out a poll. Um, We've been wanting to try out a new segment. And uh, we thought this one
2: would uh, be a lot of fun because it's going to be pure. It's going to be hilarious. Well, I don't even know what it is.
0: It's a perfect time of year because it is. we have cuffing seasons right around the corner. So all you guys and girls that are trying to figure out like, yo, should I, should I stick with them? Should I keep the summer romance going? We'll let you know.
2: Right. Summer love, JT, like it's it's coming to a close.
0: And bro, like school's coming up, football, everything. So like there's going to be a ton of distractions. You better lock your person down now mm-hmm. or you better get rid of them.
2: And you said football. So, I mean, that's love is in the air, man.
0: Exactly. All right, here is the dilemma today. Uh, It comes from a guy, he's 25, and his girlfriend's 24. And they've been dating for two years. Okay. And they have a little bit of a, something's bugging them. We just signed a lease last month to start living together in a new place. Well, we had a housewarming party that got a bit bigger than we expected. With some friends of friends we didn't know showing up, more than 20 people in total. We suspect the bedbugs came from someone at the party. We've had them for more than a week now.
2: Oh, that's not okay.
0: No, and what's not okay is that they had no idea about the raid bedbug and flea spray.
2: Yeah. Shout out SC Johnson. Have you ever seen... No, we're not plugging SC Johnson. Dad, come unless they sponsor a show. Okay. Nope. I'll get in contact. Yeah, until you do. Okay. Anyways, yo, have you ever seen a bedbug? You know what a bedbug looks like? No, I don't. Because neither do I. And, and
0: that's honestly the scariest part right now is that I don't know what they look like, but like they, like, I don't know if they're small enough to be in the bed. Like where are they, are they just running around on top of the bed?
2: So I'm sending you a picture. How small is that? It's, it's pretty small. Okay. Like on, like, it looks like you're just a normal size bug, but think about it in the, in the sanctuary of your house, like while you're sleeping. That's a oh, hard no. Okay. But for a week, uh, not good. So,
0: so they're already a weekend. in. Okay. My girlfriend refuses to cooperate in getting rid of them because she doesn't believe it's okay to do so. I'd always known she's a very compassionate person and truly views all living things as precious and important. Good girl. Volunteers for a few humanitarian causes like animal shelters and loves nature, but I didn't know it went this far. That eradicating pests like this is wrong. This to me is very extreme. Like, homegirl won't even like... Like, she loves animals so much that she's like, she no. She won't
2: get rid of bed bugs? Listen here. So, same thing with, like, if there was a snake or, a like, a rat in yeah. the house? Yeah, Don't want to get rid of it?
0: You know what? It's the animal's home now. Okay. okay. People can do things differently. Okay. Just wait. Meanwhile, we are getting eaten alive every night, and they just keep multiplying. I'm out of patience. I've asked her many times how she can stand living like this. She just says it's annoying, but she can't bring herself to intentionally kill anything. This is a joke. <laughs> Even a bed bug. No, I can totally see this happening. How? I can totally see someone like, they're so rooted and so deep in their, like, their pride that they're just going to be like, you know what? I'd rather get eaten every night and stand by my morals and values.
2: These aren't pets. That's true. <laughs> the, so these things eat blood, right? Like they bite humans.
0: Correct. So yeah, you'll like be covered in bites. Okay? Okay. Going on. Today I decided I was done with this BS. Hey, I, shout out. yeah, shout out to the pod. I called an exterminator and scheduled an appointment for tomorrow when I told her she flipped out. I said I didn't care what she thought. She could help me pack up everything to prepare or not, but it was happening. Then once I went to work, she canceled it behind my back. Oh my gosh. She texted me to tell me. She said she says she doesn't want to fight with me that we should be all able to live in harmony with each other and other creatures. She said, also, she's really stressed due to our disagreement about it, but I'm stressed from having the bed bugs. Now, I'm about to go home to our infested apartment and confront her. Please help. I feel like my life has turned into some realm of insanity. How do I make her understand that pest control needs to happen?
2: What's your viewpoint?
0: Bro, like, get them all out.
2: It sounds like she's naming... The bed bugs, like to the point where it's like she's naming them now.
0: Like she, she's already attached. Yeah, and she can't get get rid of them.
2: And bring them to the to the bed bug park,
0: bro. Like honestly, if I was this guy, I'd probably. Man. Is it
2: is it a leavable offense? Like is it like you need to start thinking about that? Well,
0: now I I wouldn't say break up, but it's almost to the point now where you're like I want to at least move out. Yeah, but
2: move out. She's not going to move out. It
0: sounds like a hotel bed right now is actually. More clean and more safe than this place,
2: and the the solution is definitely not sending him in the the kitty room.
0: No, or the couch.
2: Right, you can't do that.
0: No, so homegirl, you are in the wrong.
2: Yeah, bed bugs are not pets. Don't <laughs> feed, don't feed the animals, kids.
0: Don't feed the animals. Get like a get a nice pet.
2: Get a cat get or a dog. dog
0: or a hamster.
2: Something or that a is turtle. a pet.
0: What, okay, what's the best? Even, feed? dude. What's the best? So, pet I got to it. have? I got it. Okay,
2: put. Like a couple bed bugs in a jar, with a lid. <laughs> Wait, then they suffocate them. Yeah. Um.
0: Or you could, some like, I put them say in a tank. Holes in the but top, they're, but they're, like, but a they're tiny. Out. Yeah. Okay.
2: So bed bugs just have no room in the house.
0: What if you give them like an ant hill, or like an ant farm? Remember those? Yeah. Just give them one of those.
2: See, there you go. She has to realize she has to come to a point in her life to where she she still thinks that she can save everybody. You can't.
0: Well, that was a little deep right there. You can't. That, uh, that that I feel like that goes beyond animals there.
2: There's going to be I mean, you have the top of your the food chain and bed bugs are not on there.
0: Do you think it's more of a commitment issue or like uh for this guy? You
2: it's, don't- this guy needs to come home from work and go, "Honey, it's either me or the bed bugs." That's what I would do. Really. For real. <laughs> and then that would be an interesting conversation like if she if she chooses the bed bugs, obviously it's because then you have the repercussions of your friends and family going, hey, you... why'd you guys break up? Oh, we broke up over bed bugs.
0: What if... Yeah. No. <laughs> what if you could just got a new mattress?
2: You have to, like, nuke your house. Am I wrong? Like...
0: You, <laughs> you do have to nuke yeah, your Yeah, you have house. to, like... You Deep have to creep, leave. Yeah. Like, you have
2: to set something off and get out for, like, a week or two. You have to leave for an amount of time. Yes. So, literally, you're...
0: So long, nice funeral for the bedbugs.
2: Yeah, smoke grenade is going off in your house. And if she, yeah, dude, if she's not ready to move on, I mean, sometimes you just have to cut a man loose. Are you if, talking
0: about the bedbugs or just the guy loose? I'm talking
2: about from everyone's perspective. Okay. And, I mean, there's the, the old-fashioned saying, if, if you truly love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, you own it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, or if it doesn't, then you don't own it. <laughs> so she might come to a point to where the bedbugs just aren't doing it for her anymore.
0: So final verdict. So who are we ruling for? Of,
2: I am definitely picking up the phone and calling Orkin a or raid. I'm definitely on to the side get out of this to my house. house. Yeah, yep. for sure.
0: Home girl. Like, there's ways to love animals, but from a distance,
2: right? And I mean, like we said, we came up with a solution for her. it. There's something to be had. She can have a little jar on the on her on her little like dresser thing with them.
0: Like, if you want to go,
2: have a little light.
0: If, if you want to go love animals, go out in nature.
2: Have some cute things in the jar. Exactly. Well, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. I like that.
0: Okay, sweet. All right. So hopefully we'll get back to that segment later on down the road, uh, because you know fall's coming up. We're gonna have a lot of questions about pumpkin patches, um, haunted houses, yep. that kind of stuff. So if you guys want to send in your dilemmas, your problems with your significant with your significant others or friends, it doesn't have to be with like in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It could be like friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, there's friendships and turmoil all the time. Right. And so if you guys want to, go to our Instagram podcast page and we will keep it discreet. We won't expose anybody and we just want to hear your scenario and we'll give you your advice. I mean,
2: we we come up with solutions. We just talked that out and we just came up with two solutions.
0: Exactly. And so like, we'll give you options.
2: Yes, we will. We'll let you know, like, we're going to unpack everything for you.
0: Yeah. So basically you, you give us the BS and we'll give you that some BS. Boom. <laughs> exactly. So now we're going to head off to
2: athlete of the week. All right, folks. With college football being right around the corner, we decided that our athlete of the week has to be Austin Jackson, who is a starting left tackle for the USC Trojans. But it's not about Jackson serving up pancakes on Saturdays. It actually deals with what Austin is doing off the field. Austin actually has a younger sister named Autumn who has a genetic disorder that causes her body to not be able to produce enough red blood cells. Well, Big Brother heard the calling and definitely stepped up to the plate. He he found out that he was an exact match and ever since has been donating his bone marrow to help his little sister. Props to you, Austin, and we are wishing Autumn a healthy and speedy recovery.
0: All right. That was your athlete of the week. All right, guys. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Instagram. We are Facebook. on Facebook. Well, shoot, we might need to get on YouTube with our boy Clark.
2: We might, but you don't, don't, do don't, don't, don't go. Don't go looking for us yet. Yeah. Stay gonna, stick with Instagram and Twitter. We're
0: gonna stay humble, stay low in the grass, and we're gonna get our way up there. Yes. Anyways, guys, please like, review, share, download. Do it all.
2: Five star reviews, five star recruits are coming around in fall. Five star reviews.
0: Hey, and be on the lookout. If you guys have made it this far, we have a giveaway coming up oh soon. Oh, boy. We have a giveaway coming up soon.
2: Instagram page is where you're going to
0: find the info. Exactly. And we'll catch you guys on the flip.
2: Deuces. We enjoyed having you on board this morning.
1: I appreciate your business. fly with you again in the future.